You are listening to a message from Treeline Church, a life-giving church in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. If you are in the Pittsburgh region, we would love to have you join us in person for one of our services. Check out treeline.church for times and location. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. So one final thing that we want to bring to your attention is that our semester of small groups is kicking off in the first week of February. So registration is open right now on our website. And we want to encourage you. Matter of fact, we want to challenge you. Maybe you've never been in a small group before. Maybe at one time you tried a small group. Maybe you're in a small group and you love it. Wherever you're at on that spectrum, we want to challenge everyone to be involved in some way in a small group ministry. So you can go on our website. There's a link there. Matter of fact, you can go on the Church Center app. You can go download that, Android, iOS. It's called Church Center. It's a little icon with a green and blue church building on it. Can't miss it. And all of our small groups are listed on there. And so we have some small groups that are returning from last semester. And we're really excited to announce that this semester we have some new small groups. Matter of fact, we have two new ones specifically. We have a women's small group and we have a men's breakfast small group happening this semester. So we encourage everyone to get involved in a small group in some way. If you have not been a part of a small group, just try it challenge you. Hey, if you don't like it, you can bail on us. Our feelings won't be hurt too bad. But just go ahead and sign up, try it, register. If you have any questions, feel free to hit me up or anyone with a dream team lanyard. We'd love to help you out with that. We would just challenge you. Check out a small group. Try it. If it doesn't be a fit for you, try another small group. We just want to encourage everyone because here's what we know to be true. Life happens better in circles than it does in rows. And what we do here on Sunday is awesome. But We want to encourage everyone to be in a small group together. Sound good? So just get into a small group, get a do it. It's going to be awesome. Looking forward to an amazing semester starting next week in small groups. Well, we are in week four of our Praying with Confidence series, and this will be the conclusion to this series. And this has been something that has been really great for me, and it's based off of a book by Jeff Leak. And matter of fact, we have a book for every single person. So if you've not got one yet, we have one down on the welcome table. Make sure you grab one on your way out. We purchased one of these for everyone, just because we think this is a really big deal to learn to pray with confidence. And matter of fact, if you've missed any of the series, it's all on the podcast, it's all online, and just really encourage you to go take a look listen to get caught up because prayer is powerful and prayer has the potential to change our lives. As a matter of fact, it's not something that's an add-on to the Christian faith. It really should be central to our relationship with God. So just want to encourage you in that. And as we conclude this today, something that I've been really excited to do is share stories of how God's been faithful to us here at Treeline. And something that you may not know is that even before Treeline was founded, even before we started, before we knew what our name was going to be, what our location was going to be, who was going to come and do this thing, it all started in prayer. It just began with prayer and praying and and seeking God. And last year, it was amazing. We did our first 21 days in prayer of fasting together as a church. And there were some things that we specifically prayed for and believed that God was going to provide for us as a church. And one of those things that we asked for is like, God, this church thing is new, pioneering something is scary. Lord, we don't know where the resources are going to come from. And one of the things, Lord, that we're just going to believe you for are for the financial resources to see this thing get up off the ground. And so we prayed that together. We fasted. We believed that God was going to provide for us in 2019. And so as January wrapped up, 
And as we were believing God in that, uh, I was actually going to check the mail. I believe it was the beginning of, right at the beginning of February after our 21 days of prayer was over. And I was on the phone with a friend of mine. I'm just checking the P.O. box. The church has a post office box. And I was just checking it. And I just grabbed the mail out of it and go back to my car. And I'm on the phone, you know, just talking to him and put it on speakerphone. I'm in the car, just, you know, casually just opening up, you know, all the mail that, that came in that day. And as I'm on the phone, there was a letter I didn't recognize that it was just hand printed, didn't have a return address label on it or anything like that. And as I open it up, I just, there's, I just stop. And it was one of those moments where I just, the person on the other phone's like, hello, Brian, are you still there? And there's just instantly tears coming down my face. Because as I opened this with no explanation, no letter, no nothing, is just a small handwritten check for $10,000 made out to Treeline Church. And that happened in last February of last year, right? It's an amazing story. And I remember thinking like, this just can't be happening. I've, I've read stories where God has worked in people's lives like this, but I've never encountered encountered or experienced something like this happening before. And I remember telling the person, I'm like, I'm going to have to call you back because I don't know if I can talk right now. And I was just so amazed by God's faithfulness. And I, I couldn't even really figure out who the check was from. It took me some time. It was someone from way back, like in my childhood that I knew. And it, it took me like a moment to even figure out who this person was that sent this. I didn't even know that they knew that we were here or doing a church. I haven't talked to them in like 25 years. Come on, somebody. You know God is faithful. But here's what's amazing. And seeing Yes, in those beginning months, it was lean. And we're like, man, God, I don't know how it's going to do this. But thankfully, because of that gift and that generosity, we were able to meet our bills every single month. And we never were short. There were times where we're like, man, I don't know if we're going to make it. But because God set us up from the beginning of the year to provide and say, look, I'm going to show you that I'm faithful. God continues to answer those prayers. Now, here's what's really amazing to me. As awesome as it is opening a check like that and God speaking to you and showing off in those big ways, what's even been a bigger deal to me personally is seeing people step up and give faithfully financially every single week here at Treeline. As much as sometimes God shows up in those big flashy ways and he's like, hey, I just want to show off a little bit and show you that I'm God. Sometimes he shows up in those ways where it might not be so big and flashy, but because people have showed up and they have given, they've given faithfully, they've given sacrificially and even seeing people take steps and trying and testing out God as we've talked about giving and generosity, seeing people do that. And because of that, yes, between getting a big check in the mail, that's awesome. But you know what's even more amazing to me is seeing God's faithfulness through you. Seeing God answer the prayers that we prayed and cried out to God, not just with the financial resources, but so many other things. God is using you to answer those prayers, to say yes to building his kingdom. So awesome to see what God is doing. So as we're talking about this series and praying with confidence, something that I was thinking about, and I, I probably shared this before because it's no big secret, and I know you're not surprised to hear this at all, is I wasn't really raised to be much of an outdoorsman, right? I wasn't like the hunter, right? Matter of fact, my dad, I don't think he had like an outdoorsy type bone in his body. We never camped. Matter of fact, outdoors for dad was like cutting the grass. That was about as far as like outdoors and, you know, manly things as he got outside. You know, we, we didn't do any of that stuff stuff. I didn't grow up. I wasn't exposed to that. The only thing I remember is having good friends that would go deer hunting and they turn that deer into jerky. And I'm like, there is a God and he is good, right? Come on, someone. Dang it. I said I wasn't going to talk about food, Garrett. And there it was. It was the Holy Spirit. Anyway, I promised them. Anyway, that really is not in the notes. Um, so I, I thankfully had a couple of uncles who were more outdoorsy and a couple of them would take me fishing and I learned to fish. It was something that I enjoyed going fishing. One time we caught a ferret. That's another story for another day. Um, 
But one time I had an uncle who took me outside and he was like, hey, I've got a couple of guns, let's go shoot. And I had never done this before. I was somewhere in my teenage years, early teen years. I don't really remember what age I was. And so he gets a five gallon bucket, he sets it out and then he goes, gets his 22. And so I'm like, I've never shot a gun before in my entire life. So it's me, him, and I believe another cousin was there, a um, little younger than me. And so we're getting out there and he, he shows us a couple of times, demonstrates, and I'm like, oh, that's, that's kind of loud, right? And he, so he shoots, shoots it and he, of course, hits the bear, you know, bucket, boom, hits the bucket and boom, you know, he just, he, he has no problem hitting it. And so he gives me the gun and I remember like pointing, I'm like kind of scared at this point. I'm like, this thing, I, I don't know what I'm doing. And so of course I, I shoot it and I completely miss, right? Shoot it again, completely miss the bucket again. And then I'm like this, I'm done with this. I go up like gangsta style, like point blank, you know, boom, like just pop the bucket right in the side. Cause I, I can't, I can't hit it. And that was one thing, but then he brings the shotgun out. I don't know if you've ever had the pleasure of shooting a shotgun before, but I thought I was okay with the 22. He gives me the shotgun. And I'm like, wow, this is a lot bigger. I mean, a 22 is one thing. A shotgun's a pretty big gun, right? So he gives me this shotgun and I'm holding it. And he's like, all right, you kind of got to hold it a little secure. It's going to kick. It's a little more powerful than the 22. And I'm like, oh, it's fine. I'm thinking it'll be, you know, about the same. It's just a louder gun, right? And so I get this shotgun and I'm holding it. I'm aiming at the barrel. Boom! And I'm pretty sure my shoulder blew off about 10 feet behind me. I was in shock. The gun just went straight up into the air, threw me back. I'm sure my uncle got a fantastic laugh about that. I'm like, one time was enough with the shotgun. I did not hit the bucket, obviously. I probably hit some random cow in the field next to it. There's a red spot on it. We don't know if it was there before or after. There's no one to confirm or deny anything happened, but I am not good at shooting a gun, right? I've had a few more experiences since then, but... I've just never been a good shot. And sometimes that's how we feel in our prayer lives. Sometimes we feel that we're trying to aim for a prayer target and we feel like me where you're like, I don't know what to do with this thing, right? And there's a, the kickback and I'm not good. It's just the bucket's too far. Maybe we move it a little closer and we feel like there's this prayer target in heaven and we, we can't hit it. But here's the amazing thing. There's a big difference between Brian the shooter and an actual sharpshooter. Did you know sharpshooters that with the right setup, with the right rifle, scope, and spotter, they can hit an eight? inch target from over a mile away. Like, holy cow, right? That's a big deal. Eight inch target over a mile away. The record's actually a little over a mile and a half. Can you even imagine? I mean, that thing would look like a speck and somehow they can hit it. They've got that sharpshooting skill. And so what we want to learn today is how to hit our prayer targets with precision. It's because sometimes we can feel like me flailing around there with a gun. How are we going to hit these prayer targets when really God wants to teach us how to pray more accurately and to pray with precision? So to review where we've been, we started with this verse very first week in 1 John 14, 15. It says this, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And we know that he hears us. Whatever we ask, we know that he, we will have what we asked of him. So we start, this is where we start in our prayer life. It starts by praying God's will. It starts by praying his word and that the promises that he has given. As a matter of fact, something else that we read was in 2 Corinthians. It says, all of God's promises are yes in Jesus. Saying that all of the things that he has spoken to us in his word, all those promises, we can stand on them. We can take them to the bank. Why? Because they're yes in Jesus. Not because of what we've done, but because of who he is. So the first way that we pray on target is to pray God's word. And we've talked quite a bit about that. And there's those prayer declarations that we've talked about. We practiced going through some of those and we have some of those out there as a church. But the second way that we pray on target is through a partnership. And so we're going to talk about that today and to dive in what this partnership looks like. We're going to jump into Romans 8, 
And it's in Romans 8, 28. And this is a very, very popular chapter of the Bible. It's a very popular verse as well. Matter of fact, I don't know if you've ever saw a show that came out last year on network TV. I think NBC is called Manifest. It's about an airplane that disappears. And it was actually Flight 828, which I didn't catch at the beginning. But then they start talking about how it references Romans 8, 28, which I was like, wow, it's kind of mind-blowing that they put that reference in there for a movie and get the plane that. So here's where we jump in. It says, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. So here we can see that sometimes life doesn't work out the way that we want or plan, but that God is a God of redemption and that God wants to redeem those, that God has good intentions for us. And that's why this is such a popular verse. Many people, this will be like their favorite verse, right? This is a life verse for me. This is like we believe that God's going to turn things around for our good. But if we back up a little bit in Romans 8 and go to the two verses right before there, there's some verses that are specifically about prayer. And they say this starting in 26, 8, 26. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. So did you catch that? It says that in our weakness, that we just, can we be honest? Sometimes we're weak in our prayer life. Sometimes we don't know what to pray for. I don't know about you. Sometimes I even feel inadequate in my prayer life. And that's what this is saying. Hey, Validate it. Yeah, probably sometimes you don't know what to pray for, but it continues in verse 27. It says, And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit, capital S, the Holy Spirit, is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. So here we're talking about this partnership of praying, not in our own accord, not with our own intellect, but partnering with the Holy Spirit. And here's why that's important, because the Holy Spirit is a sharpshooter. See, the Holy Spirit sometimes is going to help us hit those prayer targets. He's, he wants to help us. And here's what's awesome about the Holy Spirit being a part of God is that he knows the heart and he knows the mind of God and sometimes helps us pray things that we might not know on our own. So here's the main idea for the message today. It's this. When I pray, I am not alone. The Holy Spirit is available to pray with and through me to bring God's will down to earth. Do you catch that? That we are not alone. The Holy Spirit, that we can have a partnership, that he is available to pray with us and pray through us. Remember we talked about praying God's will because when we pray God's will, he's going to bring it about. And so we want to partner with the Holy Spirit. We are not alone. Matter of fact, the Holy Spirit is our best friend. He is your best friend. Matter of fact, not only that, he is your most powerful and best asset when it comes to your prayer life. So who is the Holy Spirit? We hear we throw it, we throw that term around all the time. We pray and ask the Holy Spirit to come into our heart when we ask people to pray the prayer of salvation. What does that mean? Well, basically, the Bible tells us that God can best be described in three persons. Maybe you've heard it, the Trinity or the Holy Trinity, that there are three parts to God. So there's God the Father, there's God who is in heaven, who created the universe, who created everything, right? And then there's God the Son, Jesus, that Jesus actually came down, that he became a man, just like you and me, that God became Jesus. He came down, did amazing things, gave his life, right? Became the sacrifice for us. So God the Father, God the Son, and then when Jesus died, he defeated the enemy, he defeated the darkness, he is seated now by the Father in heavenly places. We are seated next to him, that he has given us authority through Jesus. And then the third part of that trinity, the third part of that is the Holy Spirit. 
And the Holy Spirit, see, came from Jesus when he was about to leave. After he was dead, buried, crucified, comes back, he meets his disciples, his followers, and he says, hey, don't leave this place because I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. I'm going to send you a helper, and he's going to help you in this Christian life of following after me. Matter of fact, he's going to give you power to do things that you couldn't do on your own. And so that's God, the Father, God, the Son, and the God, the Holy Spirit. And here's the part that's amazing about the Holy Spirit is that he is living on the inside of each of us. When you say yes to a relationship with Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells inside of you. It's an amazing thing, and it's something that's awesome that happens. And when the Holy Spirit imbibes inside of you, he wants to give you the things that you lack. That's sometimes in life that sometimes we lack understanding and we don't know the answers that the Holy Spirit wants to provide insight and give us those answers. That sometimes he wants to give us joy. He wants to give us peace and we don't understand where that comes from, but the Holy Spirit wants to give us the thing that he, we lack and there's more than enough when the Holy Spirit is involved. So when we're talking about prayer, sometimes we don't know what to pray. And God's like, you know what? Just let me do this whole thing for you. You might not quite understand this, but let me do this whole thing for you. See, there's a God in heaven, and there's the Holy Spirit inside of us. And the prayers that we pray as we partner with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will take those prayers, translate them, and take them to Father God who is in heaven. See, it's a partnership that we work together. See, we simply cannot do it on our own. Our prayer life cannot simply be about what we can muster in our own thoughts and prayers. He wants to help do it for us. So how do we do that? See, we talked about prayer declarations. We talked about those things that were standing on God's word. And see, that's a great place to start and where we want every one of us to start because they're practical, right? They're objective. It's, it's something that's easy to do. It's not complicated. We can all pray God's word and stand and believe on those promises. But praying with the Holy Spirit is a little bit different. Why is that? Because praying with the Holy Spirit requires us to be a little bit more emotional. It requires us to have a little bit more vulnerability, and I know that can be challenging, and sometimes that can be, it can be really disheartening or even challenging or scary, depending on your personality type, because sometimes we're expressing something with our spirit, and as that's carried to heaven, that seems a little less objective than just praying God's promises in his word, right? Praying God's promises are great, and as a matter of fact, that's where we should start, because God's promises, they're facts. They don't change. Whether you feel it, whether you believe it, we can stand on those promises, because God is not going to change based on how we feel. But sometimes in life, we need more than facts. Sometimes we go through things, we're in turmoil and in life, and we're facing pain, we're facing a difficulty, we're facing a situation that we can't possibly begin to comprehend on our own, and we need more than just facts. We need a friend. And this is where God wants to come and step into our circumstance, and we can understand that the Holy Spirit is our best friend, that he is living inside of you. And he wants to do this with you. He wants to help you. And that Jesus has sent the Holy Spirit as a gift from God to help us in our life. So how does that work? As we talk about that, what does that look like? What are some of the practical steps of how we pray with the Holy Spirit? Well, basically, we're going to look at four ways that we can partner to pray with the Holy Spirit. The first one is this. I share his grief about the condition of the world, and he shares mine. I share his grief in the condition of the world, and he shares mine. So basically, it starts with our pain and our difficulties in our life. 
What are the things that are burdening you? What are the things that weigh you down? See, it starts with those things that are painful as to those heaviness. And we start there and we begin to turn those into prayer. And I don't know about you, but I have discovered that life can be incredibly hard. Life is incredibly difficult, and sometimes we can feel alone, and we're like, God, where are you in this circumstance? Where are you in this situation? We can feel alone and feel like he's not responding, and many times when we go through those difficulties, we can feel like we can deny it, and we're going through the hardship, and it's just easy just to shove it down and deny and just pretend like it doesn't exist, right? And we just bury it, and we just like, just forget about it, right? Or sometimes we just choose to ignore it, right? And we'll just pretend, and we'll put our focus on something else and just pretend like that pain or that thing doesn't exist, or Sometimes we'll, we'll self-medicate and we'll turn to some kind of substance or we'll turn to alcohol to try to numb the pain and the things that we're feeling or we'll feel like we need to vent to a friend and just unload and share, which can be a great thing to do. But what we got to know, no matter what we try to do in denying or ignoring or self-medicating or venting is that we'll always come back to the surface. There's something that's going to have to be dealt with. We've got to deal with the pain and the anguish in our life. And see, friends, we can deal with that pain in life alone or we can choose to partner with the Holy Spirit and know that he is our friend and he wants to lift that to God the Father. So you might be here today and you might be like, man, Brian, this is way outside of my religious box. I have never heard of anything like this in prayer before. I'm not quite sure. I'm not an emotional person. I like kind of keep, you know, it would be nice to just keep God kind of inside this box. And this is the way things work and prayer work. And I'm not really emotional. But see, sometimes we pray out of our mind and it would be easy just to feel that we could stay safe and just pray in doctrines and play in precepts and those things. But sometimes to take your faith from your head to your heart, you got to hear this. This is a vulnerable action. It is vulnerable to take prayer from simply from our head into our heart. Because you might say, Brian, if I, if I truly open my heart and I begin to let those things out, I might, I might feel out of control because I've really done a good job of stuffing this down. I've really worked hard to, to medicate myself and not allow myself to numb myself, to not deal with this. And I'm really not sure what would happen if it all comes to the surface. It's a little bit frightening. I don't know if I'm ready for that vulnerability. But what we got to understand is that Holy Spirit prayer starts, praying with the Spirit starts with our grief and our pain. And just as we are grieving for the things that are going on in our world, the Holy Spirit is also grieving. Why? Because we live in a fallen world. And all the sin, all of the darkness, all of the brokenness, it grieves the Holy Spirit. Matter of fact, in Romans 8, 22, it says this, For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. And we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory. For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies he has promised us. See, there's this idea that there's something wrong and as much as we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us as a taste of the future things of how glorious heaven will be someday, all of creation, the Bible even says, is groaning and, and saying that there's, there's something wrong, there's something off, this world is falling, there's something more than just what we see in front of us. And see, as we begin to face our grief and pain that we pray and we even say, God, we know that you are grieving in your spirit and that we have to start by facing our own grief and pain, which carries us to the second one, which is this. I express his groans, the Spirit's groans to God, and he carries mine. 
Well, what exactly does this mean? I express his groans to God and he carries mine. What, what does that mean? Well, see, in the New Testament, the word for groan is simply to sigh out loud, right? That was a really tough one, right? Come on, you just groan, right? Come on. And so some of us, we do this sometimes in a natural state when we're stressful, right? No one had to kind of train you. I feel like my children came out of the womb learning how to groan, right? And, and we all do this when something gets hard in our life. Like, this is awful. I don't know if I can do this anymore. I don't know if I can face them again. Right? And sometimes it's not even verbal. Sometimes it's just like, oh, right? It's that sigh. It's that groan. And this is something that God is wanting us to do to partner with him. And see, when we groan in pain, it has the potential to be the most powerful moments in our prayer life. See, we can groan in our frustration or we can choose to groan to God. And the Holy Spirit takes this inner sigh, this groan, and sometimes it's the word, sometimes it's just the feeling, and he translates it into a prayer that then touches heaven. So you don't even have to use words to pray effectively. The Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit groans in ways that are not even expressible in words. And you might hear this today and you're like, man, Brian, once again, I just don't know. I might be a little too sophisticated for this, right? I, it just seems like I, I don't know if I can do this. And, and here's what I want you to know. I don't care who you are. I don't care who you, where you come from. I don't care how you were raised. If you were in enough pain, you are going to groan. There are a few times in my life that I've had such severe pain, and I've got a couple top three for me. And obviously, I've never had a child, so I don't even understand what that's like. But I've seen my wife grown out in pain in those moments. But there was this one time I had an abscessed tooth, and I was just like, take my head off now. Like, the pain was unbearable. No pain med was going to touch it. I am absolutely in pain. There's another time where I had this crazy abdominal thing going on, some kind of infection, and I'm just writhing in pain. I'm just rolling around in the bed. Oh, God, please. Right? It wasn't some pretty prayers like, God, just please heal me now. Whatever you've got to do, send the angel in the room now. Please, God, heal me. I can't do this anymore. It hurts so bad, right? We groan out when we're in pain. If you're in enough pain, you're going to groan. And the same thing happens in our life. We can groan for our family, for our marriage, for our kids, for the things that are going around us as we express those groans to God. See, one of the easiest ways and something that I've learned that even in our worship that we can groan out to God. What does that mean? We can groan in our spirit even as we sing that song today, Lord, I need you. There's this groan that comes from my spirit. It's like, Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you, right? Every hour I need you, right? And it's just, it just this, this groan. It's, it's more than words. It's like, God, I, 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 these words mean so much more right now because, God, I really do need you. There's this groan that comes from my spirit. Lord, I need you in my life. I can't do this on my own. And some of you today are like, I'm not sure if I'm ready to try that. And just to put your mind at ease, we're not going to have like a groaning line up here after service or anything weird like that. But I just want to challenge you to try this when you are alone. Maybe try it with some worship music. Maybe just try and just let, don't hold yourself back, but begin to allow yourself to call out and cry out to God with the things that are going on in your life. The third one is this. I give voice to his prayers and he reorients mine. I give voice to his prayers and he reorients mine. Why? So that they can hit the target. Why does my prayer need reoriented? Because sometimes the Holy Spirit knows what needs to be prayed more than I do. And to reorient that prayer is going to help it to hit the target. See, and I don't know exactly how all of this works, but kind of the, the theory, the idea about this is that God created us in his image. 
That when he created you, he made you in his image and he put us on this earth and he said, you know what? I have given you authority. I have given you authority over things here on the earth. And so when we pray, when we agree with the Holy Spirit, it is like something is released here on earth and we're saying, yes, God, we agree with you. Let it be so. Let your will be done here. And so as we do that and we groan and we feel that grief, and here's what happens. If you feel that grief and that groan and you don't release it, there will be a lid on your prayer life. See, there's got to be a sort of out loud dimension to your prayer life. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to get crazy with it. See, it doesn't say pray in your mind. It says pray in your spirit. It's not just simply about praying things out of our intellect. And we can pray with our mind and thank God he answers those prayers. But praying with the Holy Spirit is a little bit different. Why? Because it's giving voice to what the Holy Spirit wants to pray through us. See, we carry the burdens, but often we feel inhibited to pray them out loud. And I don't know about you, maybe it was the way that you were raised. Maybe it was like we just sweep everything under the rug and we really don't talk about that, let alone get emotional about the things that we're feeling. I I don't know what it is, but we feel inhibited. It doesn't have to be wild. It doesn't have to be out of control. It doesn't have to be something where like, I can't get control of myself. This is just just unleashed and it's insane. But see, the Holy Spirit inside of you is there all of the time and he wants to be there with us. And we've got to start with at least a whisper. It might not get out of control, but at least say it. At least have the courage, the bravery to admit it and speak it out loud to bring it to the Father and say, here's what's going on. See, your lips release the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. So what's this deal with the Holy Spirit and Jesus saying, hey, don't leave here. The Holy Spirit's going to come upon you and it's going to give you power. And see, here's what's happened is that when we say yes to Jesus and the Holy Spirit comes into our life, he dwells inside of us. And a great illustration that was showed to me once, and I think this is something that helps us understand, is just like in a pop bottle, and we're from Pittsburgh, we say pop, we don't say soda, right? And I'm not even going to validate soda pop. It's just pop, right? So in a pop bottle, there's carbonation, right? And you can't see that carbonation. If you were just to look, you could and see that carbonation in this bottle. But what happens if you begin to activate it, if you begin to shake it, you begin to see the carbonation on the top, right? You begin to see it get activated. And what would happen if I opened this up right now? Anyone want to find out if I open? I'm not going to open this up. Because you know what would happen, right? It would overflow all over the place. And this bottle is especially anointed because it has the penguins on it, right? And it would just overflow all over the place. It would be all over. And the same thing happens in our lives when we activate the Holy Spirit. See, we can't see it, but when we begin to activate it, he overflows into every area and aspect of our life. And see, as he is inside of us and we begin to activate that through our groaning, through our worship, when we pray in the spirit, he becomes active and he overflows into our life. And see, that overflow doesn't just stop in our prayer life, but when the Holy Spirit becomes active inside of us, he wants to give us things that we might not feel that we have access to. That the Holy Spirit has all kinds of good things to give us. And we talked about some of this. That he doesn't want to just give us just a prayer life. He wants to give us peace. The Bible talks about a peace that passes all understanding and the Holy Spirit can give that to us. We might not even feel like, how could I possibly have peace in this situation? The Holy Spirit wants to give us that. 
that. Sometimes it's joy. When you encounter the Holy Spirit, sometimes there's a joy that comes and a laughter. And that's why we're about laughter here at Treeline. We want to laugh. We want to have a good time. The Holy Spirit wants us to encounter joy in our life. Sometimes he wants to give us ministry to others that we didn't even know that we were capable of. But when that overflow comes, as we activate the Holy Spirit, it begins, we begin to be able to do ministry to other people. But we've got to begin to express it with our lips. And sometimes when we run out of energy and we try to do it on our own, we're trying to figure out what do we do? Because here's the tragedy that happens so many times is that there are too, too many Christians who live their entire life and live as if there is no Holy Spirit. See, friends, you are not alone. See, you can feel like we have to do it on our own, that we have to come up with our own answers, that we have to do it in our own strength, that we've got to do it out of our own energy. But what happens when we run out? We have to activate the Holy Spirit in our lives, right? We got to begin to pray with the Holy Spirit and believe that that overflow is going to come. But see, here's what's going to happen. I know some of you are like, this is really challenging because this is not in my personality. I'll be the first to testify. This is not me either. I am more introverted than I am extroverted. And I, that really freaks people out because they're like, how do you get on stage and talk to people as an introvert? I don't know. Talk to God about it. I have big questions too. I don't hate people when I see them and I don't want to talk to them. I'm just introverted, right? I don't know. God just wired me that way. I don't want to be the center of attention. I'm not loud and boisterous by nature, but something happens when we begin to do this. And I know it's not challenging. And if that's you, I want to say, I know sometimes that's not natural and just have to take steps of practicing of getting there. And here's what I want to say today. If anything ever were to happen to me today, if anything were to happen to me and I were to end up in the hospital, my life is on the line, I would just like to say, don't show up to my room with quiet prayers. Like, I want some crazy people in there, a little bit crazy. Why? Because I want some people who know how to pray, who, who know how to touch heaven and bring heaven down. Sometimes when your life is on the line, right, you don't care what people think. Decorum goes right out the window, right? If your life's on the line, I want some people who are going to pray, right? I want some people who are really going to bring heaven down down. And the same thing is true. When your family is at stake, when your future is at stake, it's not going to matter what other people think. You're not going to care about what other people think in your prayer life. We just need the power of God. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. And friends, my prayer for us at Treeline, even as we're a new church and getting started, my prayer and my heart is that we would be a church that is known for this. That we are a church that is known that, man, if you need prayer, you need to go there. You need to have them pray for you. Man, something amazing just happens in those small group moments where they're praying and they're just believing that God's going to move in their lives. But our lips have got to express what our spirit has stirred up in us. Ephesians 6.18 says this, pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. See, that the Holy Spirit is praying through us. It's not about us always knowing the words to pray, but as the Holy Spirit prays through us. And the amazing thing about this in Ephesians 6 is this comes right after the description of the armor of God and that all the things that we're supposed to wear and praying in the Spirit is a part of that. Why? To withstand the attack of the enemy. That's something that God has given us. And in Jude 1.20, it says this, but you, dear friends, must build each other up in your most holy faith. How? Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. Simply put, that when we pray in the Spirit, we come out stronger. That it's not simply about doing it in our own strength and our own ability. It's allowing the Spirit of God to give us the strength, which brings us to the fourth and final point. I gain strength when I pray this way, and He gains control over me. 
I gain strength when I pray this way, and he gains control over me. What does that mean? That basically he gets a little bit of me, and I get a little bit more of him. And not control in some weird, like, controlling way, but that he is leading me. And I don't know about you, but I need God to lead me in my life. I need to know that God is leading. That is a good thing for our life. And see, as we express our burden through prayer, something powerful is released in our life. And something that amazing happens that the atmosphere of our life and our soul, it is transformed and it is transformed around us. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is a sharpshooter. And friends, sometimes we don't know what to pray, but when we begin to pray and partner with the Holy Spirit, his prayers are accurate and it can transform the inner life of our own soul. This is something that we've even been doing in this focus of 21 days of prayer and fasting is something that we're trying to say, God, we can't do this on our own. And yes, we're gonna pray these prayer declarations and stand on your word. But God, even beyond that, sometimes I don't even know what to pray. I don't even know what scripture to start with. God, this situation is so crazy. Lord, I need your spirit to pray through me so I can hit this target. See, as we've talked about groaning, there are actually a couple of different ways. We talked about that sigh, that groan, and sometimes that comes through those words and being vulnerable and being open and honest. Sometimes that comes through singing, right? Sometimes it comes through singing those words and just groaning and our spirit groaning out to God in those worship. And there's actually another way that the New Testament teaches us and talks about, and it, it talks about praying in another tongue. It talks about praying with a, a spiritual language. And, and matter of fact, it, the Holy Spirit can pray through us in words that we may not even understand. In 1 Corinthians 14, Two, it says this, for anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. Simply put, the Holy Spirit is praying through us. That we might not even know what we are praying or what to pray, but the Holy Spirit knows what to pray. Why? Because he knows the heart of the Father. And sometimes those things that we don't even know to pray, that when we partner with the Holy Spirit, we are praying together with us. As a matter of fact, we can see it a few more verses down in 1 Corinthians 14, 4. It says this, anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves. And what does that mean, that edify, that word, one more time? It means it makes us stronger. Friends, there have been times in my life in this journey and certainly in the past couple of years that we've started Treeline, but even so many other times where I, I didn't have the strength to do it in my own and I was so reliant on the Holy Spirit to say, God, I need to pray, I need to partner with you. And see, as we talk about that, we start talking about another tongue and praying in that in the spiritual language. Some of you may be familiar with that and you might know what I'm talking about. I just wanna encourage you and challenge you today to activate that part of your prayer life, that it's a beautiful gift that God has given us. It's something that the the Holy Spirit has given to us to be able to communicate with the Father. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, and you're like, Brian, honestly, I don't even know what you just said, that's okay too. We're gonna to teach more about that this year. We're gonna to come to understand. But what I know to be true is I want all that the Holy Spirit has for me. That Jesus himself said, as he was leaving this earth, that I'm going to send you a helper. I'm gonna send you one. Matter of fact, don't leave here. Don't leave. Don't miss it until I send it. And then he sends the Holy Spirit upon him. Some of you know the story. They're praying and believing in Pentecost and the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit comes upon them. And that's something that I need, that we want, that we want all that the Holy Spirit has for us. Why? Because the Holy Spirit has good things for us. That we don't have to do it in our own might, our own strength, our own ability, our own knowledge. That he has peace for us. Friends, if you are going through turmoil, the Holy Spirit has peace for you today. If you've been down and out, the Holy Spirit has joy for you today. 
If you've been trying to figure out all the answers and figure out the solution to this problem, I want you to know that the Holy Spirit has the solution even if you don't know what it is. And friends, if you don't know how to hit that prayer target, the Holy Spirit has that partnership with you to hit that prayer target with you today. But beyond anything else, hear me say this today, that if you are here and you are carrying grief and you feel alone, you are not alone. God wants to carry it with you. Allow the Holy Spirit to become your best friend Friends, don't leave this place today thinking it is all up to you. Would you bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you for the gift that you have given us through Jesus, your son, and I thank you the gift that you have given us through the Holy Spirit that dwells inside of us. Lord, I just pray God, that the Holy Spirit would be activated in our life, God, and that we would be vulnerable enough and maybe brave enough to just say, Holy Spirit, I need you to operate in my life. I need that overflow. I need you in my prayer life, yes, so I can hit that prayer target, but I need that, that joy. I need that peace in my life that just seems to elude me or avoid me, that I, I've tried the, with the pain, with the turmoil. I've tried to stuff it down. I've tried to avoid it. I've tried to ignore it. I've tried to medicate it. I've tried to, the alcohol. I've tried the drugs. I've tried whatever it is to try to get away from it or just vent. But no matter what, it seems to come back. And God, I pray that today we would know that when we said yes to relationship with you, that the Holy Spirit dwells inside each and every one of us. And God, just like that pop bottle, as we begin to shake it up, it was activated. As we begin to pray and activate and begin to pray and, and cry out in those groanings and our, and our worship, God, in those, in those moments of those sighs of being vulnerable with you. God, that I am believing that we will see the Holy Spirit become active in our lives and see those good things that you have for us because, God, we know it to be true that you have more than enough for us. Lord, I just pray that you would even give us the courage to try that out this week, to just be vulnerable with you. That's not about getting out of control or the volume of our voice or being emotional. God, it's just peeling back the curtain of our heart and just being transparent with you, Lord. Sometimes it might get a little intense, Lord, as we feel the pain and those groanings, and that's okay too. Lord, there's no right or way. It's just being honest with you. Today, while your head here and your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, I just want to give you the opportunity to make a choice to surrender your life to Jesus. Because see, we can't activate the Holy Spirit and we can't truly appreciate all that he has for us until we've surrendered our life to him. And when we do that, something amazing happens. The, the word of God teaches us that the Holy Spirit comes to dwell inside of each and every one of us. And I don't know what happened in your life. I don't know if one time you were following after Jesus, but maybe you have never said the prayer to follow after. Maybe you've never surrendered your life Maybe you just couldn't wrap your head around this religion thing. Maybe you saw the church and you were just put off by it because Christians just acted like a bunch of hypocrites. And I just want to tell you today that if you were hurt by some people who are trying to follow after Jesus, I just want to say I am sorry because that was not the heart of the Father. He loves you. He cares for you. He has a plan for you. Matter of fact, he sent his son Jesus to die for you, to pay the price for your sins so that you could have relationship with him. He said it's not about you. It's not about what you've done. I'm going to take all of that off you. I'm going to forgive you. I'm going to make you new. I'm going to take all those burdens. You don't have to do it alone. You don't have to carry this load in life by yourself. Let me carry this with you and for you. 
If that's you here today, I'm just going to give you the chance. I'm going to count to three. When no one's looking around, I'm just going to ask you to slip up your hand and say, Brian, that's me. Include me in that prayer today. One, two, three. Just slip that hand up if that's you today. Awesome. Awesome. Maybe you're here today and you one time said that prayer. You asked Christ into your life. You were living for him. And maybe you just kind of stepped away. Maybe life just got busy. Or maybe you felt like you just kind of outgrew your faith. It was something that was childish or in your childhood, your parents believed that way, but you weren't sure if it was for you. See, friends, it doesn't matter what the reason is. What you've got to know is that God has a heart for prodigals. What does that mean? God has a heart for those who have left, who have wandered away, who've even been angry and walked away from him. He has never been upset with you. He has always been waiting with arms wide open. So if that's you today, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to count to three. And if that's you and say, Brian, include me in this prayer as we pray for those who are accepting Christ, I need to rededicate my life to him. One, two, three. Raise your hand if that's you. Awesome. Awesome. I see that hand. Put your hands down. We're going to pray together. If you're watching online or if you're watching here, or you're listening on the podcast, we're going to pray out loud so that no one has to pray alone. Repeat after me. Dear Jesus, come into my life. I believe in you. Forgive me of my sins. Make me new. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to follow you all of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, can we celebrate for those who made a decision to come to Christ today? The best decision you could have ever made. Thanks for listening. If you would like to connect with us or learn more about our church, please visit us online at treeline.church or on social media. Our mission is to see family trees changed by a lifelong relationship with Jesus. We hope you can listen or join us next week.